Welcome to Gag Me With a Chainsaw, a horror podcast about 80s slashers. I'm Corey. And I'm Sarah. And we love scary movies. Confirmed. Yeah, yeah. Our movie this week is 1981's Night School, and it was chosen by our guest, Ashley. Ashley, welcome to the show. Hey, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) We're already having too much fun. (laughs) Ashley, why did you pick this movie? Um, I chose night school because, um, I was at Corey and Omar's house and she usually has, um, a movie planned out that we're going to watch. Like, Hey, we're going to watch this one. And there's always a reason for watching it. But I showed up and she was like, we don't have a movie to watch. Let's just choose one. And we were flipping through Amazon and we saw the cover night school and, um, Omar, Corey's husband was like, that's going to be terrible. I just already know it's going to be terrible. I would say press play. Yeah. <laughs> and we were just like, no, like, look, it's got like a report card on there. So like the cover, it says um, college night school report card. A is for Apple. B is for bed. C is for co-ed. D is for dead. And F is for failing to keep your head. <laughs> Sounds like a winner. Yeah. And we're like, Let's watch this. Yeah, dude. Yeah. That has uh, three out of four things that I like in a movie, right? Coeds, decapitations, and apples. I was going to say, I was going to say definitely not apples. No, it's apples. Don't ever take an apple from a child. Don't eat it. There were no apples in this movie. There was not. Were they on the teacher's desks and we missed them? It was set in a college, so we assume that all the teachers received apples daily. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I get it. I get it. So an apple away does not keep the death away because lots of people died. (laughs) So this movie was directed by Ken Hughes, who also co-wrote and directed Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Mae West's final movie, which I thought was really interesting. Oh, yeah. And he also wrote uh, or he also directed Casino Royale and this was his last film. I love Casino Royale, the old one. Never obviously. seen a James Bond movie in my life. Uh, Casino <laughs> Royale, the original one. Did he? He didn't direct the one, the James Bond one, right? He directed the one from the '60s. I would assume. Wait, are there two? Yeah, there's. Yeah. Okay, I don't know what I'm. The Casino about. Royale. It's kind of funny because the Casino Royale from the '60s is kind of a spy spoof. Um, With Sean Connery? No, no, it's not. <laughs> Whoa! It's the it's the movie that Austin Powers is kind of patterned after. Oh, it's really funny. Okay, I recommend it. Is that why you like Austin Powers so much? I fucking love Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So okay. does my sister. <laughs> Uh, I also had a note that the writer Ruth Avergen was inspired by an article she had read about the real life headhunters of Papua New Guinea and the idea of headhunting became the basis for this film. And I noticed that this was her only film. She produced and wrote this film. And she said, I'm going to go out on top. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This (laughs) This movie is starring Rachel Claire Ward as Eleanor. She was also in legendarily horny miniseries The Thornbirds and Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. Leonard Mann as Lieutenant Judd Austin, who was also in Flowers in the Attic. <gasps> yes, uh-huh. I did see that. I had no idea. We just talked about how yeah. you... We, we were talking about Flowers in the Attic well, the last time we saw each like other. Like two weeks ago. Yeah. We're like, why were we allowed to watch that? <laughs> 
and Drew Snyder as Professor Vincent Millet, and he was in Firestarter and Cruel Intentions. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah, quite a, quite a career. Before we get into the movie, should we ask our guests some questions? Absolutely. So, Ashley, well, first of all, the reason this podcast exists, <laughs> me and Sarah would have never met if it wasn't for Ashley. That's true. Yeah. And uh, Ashley has always been one of my spooky friends. Ashley, what got you into scary movies? Um, scary movies, what got me into them? I guess I'm just repeating backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Am I the interviewer? Um, was That was just something I shared with my eldest brother. He's about seven, eight years older than me. And that was just something that we always shared together um, growing up. And one of the very first scary movies I ever watched was Jaws. Um, and people that don't normally watch scary movies, I feel like they're always like, that's not scary. I'm like, well, you don't get it. <laughs> I think that Jaws is a lot of people's first scary movie. Uh-huh. It's a good like intro because it is scary, but you're not like, you're like, well, I can just avoid this. <laughs> I just won't go into the ocean. Right. And then it was just, that's where my fear of the ocean came from. And like, sure. we would go to the beach as kids. And like, I remember my parents would just like go kind of far out and I'm like, they're going to die. <laughs> there's sharks out there so this had an impact on you and you said i love this i want to be scared i love this i love the fear i love being scared (laughs) so we we both have talked about how we're not really like scaredy cats do you ever get scared like in the past few years have you ever got scared by a movie in the past few years no but when i do get scared i like what was the last movie that scared you? The last movie that scared me, and I'd honestly say it did scare me, I would have to say um, The Strangers. I thought I you were going to say that, because I know we went and watched that yeah. in the theater. Yeah. And the one with Liv Tyler? Yeah. yeah. I don't think that movie is very scary. I feel like nothing really happens. I feel like it's... it's if I got scared, I would get scared of that movie because yeah. home invasion home movies, invasion home movies invasion. are the ones that scare me the most, for sure. Right, and it's something that could happen, so that's, it's... That's why. Yeah. Yeah. And for a while, it was just like, oh, I don't want to go to a cabin that secluded because I watched The Strangers. Sure. And now I can go to a cabin and not be scared. Yeah, that's my sibling's favorite movie as well. I think she said they said the most scary. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Corey, you said the last movie that scared you was The Ring? The Ring. Yeah. So when was that? 2001, One, two? Yeah. The last movie that really scared me, and it's been within the last few years, but it's an old movie, was The Fly, the Goldblum one. And I had seen it before, but I guess kind of just not paid enough attention mm-hmm. when I don't know if it's, you would consider it scaring or just I when he like starts like really fully transforming, like at one point they show his leg and it like turns into a fly leg. I like literally put my hands on either side <laughs> of my face and I went ah! like I couldn't take it. It was it freaked me out. I've never seen it. It's so fucking because good. I'm so scared there's going to be like holes. Yeah. And I'll like... He's not a bumblebee. I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's the thing about me. I love like gross I like stuff. it too. Yeah. Movies. So did you get scared after you watched the movie? No. Like no. was I think, I think the fly was going to get me? Yeah. Like no. were you like shook? No. I <laughs> wish he would get me before he starts transforming <laughs> when he's just like doing a thousand push-ups and yeah. like... You know what I mean? Like swinging from the headboard. Like get me then. Not, then, he wasn't Chucky or E.T. for you. No. no. <laughs> the Ring, it's so weird because that I, not only was it the last movie to scare me, but it was the only movie to scare me as an adult. So I feel like it yeah. was just so different at the time. And it was the the American remake. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, it was just like completely different style. And I'm hopeful that it'll happen at least like one more time in my lifetime. I agree. But I also kind of don't want to see the movie that would scare me. Like <laughs> there are some movies that I do avoid just straight torture porn. I'm like, this doesn't serve me because yeah. I do like stories and I like for movies to ha- be fun. Yeah, I wanted to go back really quickly when she said, I can watch gross. I like gross too, um, just not anything with holes. You know that already. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but same thing with that. Like when they're just being just tortured, I'm like, this isn't fun for anyone. <laughs> it's kind of like the older I've gotten to, the worse that it's gotten. Mm-hmm. Like I, when I was a kid, I would have boyfriends that would be like faces of death. And I was like, okay, because you're 15. That's what your boyfriend wants to watch. So you're like, I guess I'll watch this. Yeah. But as I get older, even though I'm like, this isn't real, I feel like I just have more empathy for other people. Yeah. Torture porn, I kind of don't like that term because I feel like usually when people use it, they're just describing movies that they don't like and they feel like they're a little bit above it. (laughs) But I I know what you mean by that. And I kind of, it depends. Like some I really like and some I don't. It's Mm -hmm. like, do they have a good story behind it? And if so, then I'm into it. Right. That's kind of what I was saying. Like, if it's just gore for no reason, I'm like, okay, but why? Is it just so you can fulfill this fantasy of you want to see somebody's, like, finger skin getting pulled off or whatever? Like, If it's set up well, like, I could totally watch it, like, in high tension when her leg gets Mm -hmm. caught in the glass and that that skin peels off. Mm -hmm. It's like... Oh, but it's like it was set up so well. And yeah. same thing with cabin fever when she um, she's she is uh, shaving. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. yeah. Like I love that. Movie. Those are two things that could possibly happen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like the scene in Black Swan where she pulls that cuticle skin. Oh. Like I'm a cuticle chewer and I have pulled one too long before. So that one where it went so far up, I was like, <laughs> like I could imagine what that would feel like you can't see me i'm crying everyone (laughs) ashley has left the building she went that's a movie where i hear it described as horror but i never thought of it as horror but yeah it's like psychological horror yeah psychological scenes yeah yeah Yeah. i like that movie as well yeah it's not like i mind like i can't i see it and i'm like oh that's disgusting i just can't but i don't want to like sit there and like be numb to what i'm seeing yeah like sometimes i watch drag race and at the end i'm like what happened yeah. Because I just am like zoned out and like looking at the colors and what's going on. And I don't want that in a movie where I can't be like, oh, okay, that's where we're going. Yeah. You know? So anyways. Back to night school. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it starts with. Well, so you guys have seen this movie before. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I hadn't seen this one before. Mm-hmm. And I went into it knowing nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't look at the cover art. I didn't read what was going to be happening. Yeah. Nothing like that. Nothing about it at all. Uh, And I wish I had because the first time I watched it, I was like, I wasn't even close. (laughs) I was super confused for like the first 45 minutes. About half an hour into the movie, I wrote, I feel like it's taking a long time to get to night school. (laughs) (laughs) We haven't set foot in the classroom yet. I thought this movie was going to be about wild rock and roll GED party idiots going to night school. I expected more switchblades. Yeah. I also had notes like, wait, was that professor teaching at night school? <laughs> Have I been to night school and didn't realize? And where is the night school? Yeah. You're expecting like pledge night or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that there was going to be like punk rock metal teenagers or whatever. Right. And it was pretty serious. And I yeah. kept waiting for the Van Halen youths and they never came. And then I was like, recalibrate <laughs> <laughs> it had like a boarding school vibe like it was like boarding it 
the building look like boarding school. Yeah, anytime but, they say girls' school. Yeah. And also, girls' school, you're not a co-ed, right? Also, did no. anybody go to school one time at nighttime? I didn't feel yeah, like. Yeah, there was the, the one class that we see, and there, some of the ladies at the night school look really stressed. <laughs> Even though I only they only had had seven pages of homework. Yeah. They all had jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like outside of school. They were trying to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> Hence the name, night, night school. Night school. Which yeah. we did not see it scroll up okay so so i'm the only one that saw the title and it's kind of boring it looks cool on the poster it's like the drippy font you know but um on the actual movie it's just like all caps white font over the boston skyline which is where our movie takes place yes and at first i was like oh big city big city where is it it took me a minute uh, you know, it's morning or late evening. It's dusk, I think. It looked like midnight. I know. <laughs> I was this like, had a what is happening? with what time of day was going on. I was like, Another thing I wrote was... really waited for yeah, that parent, those parents yeah. to show up. Another thing I wrote was, a lot of this happens during the day for being about night school. Yeah. Okay, so our movie starts. Anne Barron is a teacher's aide at a daycare center in Boston. And I was like, is the night school a daycare? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One evening, she is relaxing on the playground carousel when someone pulls up on a motorcycle wearing a black motorcycle helmet. They're, like, kitted out in the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Who was more afraid, the carousel or the guy that showed up? I guess merry-go-round. The merry-go-round or the guy that showed up? <laughs> <laughs> I was scared of the merry-go-round. You can get hurt. No, no, that's scary. Yeah. I don't even think they have those on playgrounds anymore. And everybody's like, are you coming, Anne? And she was like, I'll be just a minute. She's just daydreaming. Yeah. Or night dreaming. She had her flywheel, her pinwheel. She had a pinwheel, yeah. Yeah. She is startled as a stranger pulls up, and he pulls out a kukri? I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, I looked that up. So it's like a machete, but um, it's used widely in, like, the Indian continent, and it's the national weapon of Nepal. Oh, neat. Mm. It's kind of curved. It's a great big blade. I thought it was a boomerang. <laughs> that's what it kind of looks like. A sharp one. I thought yeah. it was Daft Punk with the boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> so he starts spinning the carousel while she's on it. Very and, scary. Yes. And I have seen somebody spin out of control in a carousel before, <laughs> and it's somebody that you guys know, and they were really scared. It's terrifying. <laughs> they almost felt, flew right off. So the terrified Anne goes around until the, is it pronounced kukri? Sure. Okay. Hits her. So, wow. Right? This opening scene. He spins her faster and faster, and she doesn't choose to just fly off. Right? She's like, let me whack-a-mole my way Mm -hmm. out of of the way of the blade here and there. Yeah. Until he hits her. He's like playing with her. Yeah. Yeah. And then we cut to the next morning. We don't actually see any slashing, though. No. It 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 just cuts to red. It's just like a little transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The next morning, Lieutenant Judd Austin and his girlfriend, Stevie, they're purchasing groceries for breakfast. And they're kind of reminiscing about the previous night's lovemaking. He is the hot guy in the movie. Okay. I don't know if I think he's hot. Well, if we have to choose who's hot... He's the hot guy, right? He, he was the hot guy. I thought he was cute. But then yeah. when he when they went grocery shopping and she had like her she picked out cereal. He was like, "You're gonna make someone a good wife one day." I was <laughs> like, "This guy sucks. I have to look him up." And then I found a redeeming quality about him. So then he was hot the rest of the movie. What what is it? The redeeming quality was um, pretty much soon after this movie, like maybe a few more years, he retired and became a social worker and just like worked in the school district and i thought that was really cool we stand 
Yeah. <laughs> Night school inspired him. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> He's like, ooh, academia. Yeah. So I was like, okay, you're hot again. <laughs> so they're back at the apartment. They're planning their day. This apartment is so on trend. Oh, yes. Oh, my the God. The ferns are Ugh. very sexy. It's <laughs> yeah. stuffed with plants. All different sizes. Trees, ferns, uh, uh, corn, 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 corn cobs, <laughs> corn cobs. No, I forget what they're called. They're called some corn something trees. I always want to buy one. Um, lots of windows, open dark layout, wood, open layout, peacock yeah. chairs. Yeah. Right. Huge. I need the Zillow listing. Yes. <laughs> it was a nice apartment. Yeah. And they're planning their day off. He's like looking through ads, right? He's looking at ads and this part was just so I love that part because he's like, oh, we could do this or we can do that. Because when I was a kid, I loved looking at Ice Street oh, every oh, week. Totally. Yes, every week. And Scott was like, they thought they were so clever. The Bakersfield, California, every page was A, B, C, D. And then I Street was always I, E, Y, E. <laughs> I was like, it okay. didn't start out that way. It really? was called something else. Yeah. Um, but then they changed it to that. I used to love reading it too. I Street is an event calendar that they would have, they would put in our local newspaper on uh, Thursdays or Fridays. Mm-hmm. And it would show you where everything was going on, who was playing at the coffee shops, what's happening mm-hmm. that weekend in yes. Kern County, where the yeah. menudo cook off is that <laughs> yeah. weekend. What movie, what time can you watch it? Yes. I loved it. But so that part was really nostalgic. And I was just like, oh, I love that. What did he, like, which one of the events would you have gone to? <sighs> one with him any of anything <laughs> any of them any of them sure but it doesn't happen because he receives a phone call and he's called into work he is a cop um he reports to the scene and he sees a girl decapitated with her head in a nearby bucket judd's partner taj says same mo as last week no fingerprints no suspects no motives no nothing they meet the distraught daycare director as she tells Anne. Um, tells them that Anne worked there during the day and was attending night classes at Wendell College. So we finally get night school into well, the mix. This is clue number one for me that daycare is not the night school. <laughs> it is not. <laughs> no. Uh, Judd and his partner, they have a little back and forth. And we learn that Judd is a, has a Harvard degree. And they keep having this joke throughout the whole movie. Like, Isn't that a thing, though, that people <laughs> say about people that went to Harvard that they never miss a chance to tell you about it? <laughs> Well, for him having that Harvard degree, he should know right off the bat, you do not tamper with evidence. He had that pinwheel, touching it, stepping <laughs> all on over, it, blowing DNA on everywhere. it. So in I every one of these movies, people come in and just trample all over a crime yeah, scene. Yeah, he was like, I'm going to take this pinwheel home and I'm going to blow on it. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. Harvard degree. He's a smart guy, <laughs> and Taj is just the average Joe. Oh yeah, cop been on the scene for like twelve years yeah, or whatever. He says he's had fifteen years of experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, they make a, a lot of show of like he's just a regular guy. I'm yeah. doing New York, but it's Boston. <laughs> it is. <laughs> he's just a regular. Wait, how do they say it? Park the cut regular. I don't. I, I don't. I don't have it. <laughs> I forgive your try. Thank you. <laughs> okay, so at the hospital. A doctor tells Judd there wasn't a mark on the body, except, you know, it's missing a head. (laughs) (laughs) Judd and his partner Taj discuss a similar case from the previous week in which another girl was found decapitated with her head in a duck pond. Sick. They wonder if there's any connection between the two murders. Judd thinks there's a deeper meaning to the water aspect of both murders, but his really thorough and smart partner says, nah, it's just a random psycho who likes to cut heads off. At Wendell, 
The administrator, Helene Griffin, tells Judd she didn't know Anne very well. Judd enters Professor Millet's anthropology class to speak with him about Anne. This is the first time that we meet Professor Millet, and he is immediately my number one suspect because his <laughs> giant head is the same size and shape of a motorcycle helmet. <laughs> my other clue that I thought that, because they were alluding to him being the killer, yeah. was he gave such little homework, and it's like, well, yeah, he has to go kill. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he gives seven pages of homework, yeah. and he's like... He doesn't have time to grade. No. I was like, okay, I easily, every time I went to class, six chapters that no one read. Like, he gave seven pages. I was like, done, I got an A. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's very annoyed that Judd interrupts his lecture. Yeah. <laughs> so he doesn't provide much information, but he introduces Judd to Kim, Kim Morrison. When asked if Anne had a boyfriend, Kim tells Judd that Anne was indeed involved with someone having an affair with an older man, but she doesn't know who. Yeah, she says Anne is really secretive about it. But then, yeah, we kind of think she was just kind of covering up. Yeah. She's no snitch. <laughs> Professor Millet also introduces Judd to an exchange student named Eleanor Adjai. Yeah, he tells uh, Judd that he's probably dealing with a psychopath that strikes without motive, and it would be very hard to find. And Judd assures him, oh, so we'll why find bother? him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then Eleanor leaves the school and goes to the local diner, which is called the Lamplight Restaurant. There she is creeped out by Gary. He's a busboy, and he appears to have mental issues for sure. He definitely has a staring problem and a caveman forehead. <laughs> yeah. And then we meet the feisty waitress, Carol, uh, unfortunately in a bad wig. And she, she asked, <laughs> Carol is a kids in the hall character. She's all like big titty broad energy in those yeah. wigs. I love her though. And the makeup too. I was like, okay, this was 81, but uh, like, I don't know what aesthetic they were going 50s for her. diner. Yeah. You gotta do it. Maybe it's a theme diner. And we just didn't realize. <laughs> it must have. Cause it was like fifties diner hair. But then like the aesthetic was like rave. She yeah. was, she was wearing saddle <laughs> shoes. We just couldn't see them. <laughs> So she asked Eleanor if she's in Millet's class and she's like, I already sleeps around with the students. And Eleanor's like, I wouldn't know. Liar. The waitress <laughs> thinks that he's good looking. She's like, he's good looking. Do and I'm like, man, know? he looks like Megamind. He looked like a cross between Fraser and Niles Crane. That's to what me. Jason yes. said. <laughs> I was like, hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> like he wasn't hideous, but he wasn't. I great. feel like people, I know this movie was 81, but 81 is basically still 1978. And I feel like the people in the 70s looked so different, right? Or maybe you just looked different. They got to be away the with a lot. They, got, they, <laughs> did. they did. Okay, so like when I watch movies with Elliot Gould, I'm like, this man's back and, and shoulders are so hairy. And you would never see that now. But I think he's super sexy. You so love I'm like, him. I fucking <laughs> love him. Let's I'm bring not it back. I love it. This guy, maybe it's just the academic vibe he has. And he needs a new haircut. He's trying to disguise his giant balding dome but we see it yeah so gary uh creepily follows elaine home as she, she decides to leave um carol kind of warns her about walking home alone because of the recent murders but she's like i got this um when she realizes gary's following her she runs all the way home locks the door she didn't need to run <laughs> he was stalking her like an it follows ghost like just <laughs> right very obvious also why are creeps never hot <laughs> Like, we demand representation. <laughs> Hot creeps rise up. At that point when he was stalking her, 
did any point did you think it was him? I didn't. No, it was no. way too, too obvious. obvious. Yeah. Yeah, okay. They want you to think so, but he's really good at hiding, though, because she would turn around and he'd be like, oh, yeah. he was gone. <laughs> oh, Ashley, by the way, did you remember who the killer was when you rewatched? Yes. Okay. I was actually surprised, to be honest, that I remembered. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I, I remembered some things, but not. I didn't remember exactly who it was. I didn't remember the motive. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, so uh, Aunt no Eleanor gets home. She gets into the shower, and someone's the most trying- famous shower scene in horror. Wait, before she gets into the shower, if you're running from somebody and she's fumbling for the keys, and you total butterfingers, yeah, you get inside. Do you pause and not lock the door? She paused and almost like. <laughs> I was scared for her. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like, she put her little one dead bolt on and was like, I'm safe. Yeah, because I rewound because I was like, okay, she got inside and she's on the door. Then she puts it on. I'm like, that was way too long if she thought he was yeah. behind her. Okay, back to the shower. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she gets in the shower. She has to, you know, relax. I don't um, understand this layout of the house, by the way. I don't. It's confusing. S- someone is trying to break in. Um, first, someone knocks. She doesn't hear it. Then they're trying to break in. Um, she gets out of the shower. Only to find it's Professor Millet, who is her boyfriend, and he was locked out. So he breaks in somehow. Yeah. He said he went through the back, but I just don't understand the layout of the house. Sarah, do you remember the house, like, well enough to explain it? I mean, there's probably a fire escape. Is that what it was? I would imagine so. Hmm. Okay. I don't know. I've never been to the East Coast. I think they all have fire escapes. It made me mad enough. Just go <laughs> Those are part it. later, too, where okay. Jason goes, wait, I thought they were on the ground floor. Where, where there's another there? scene where I'm very much like, what the hell? How Where's did that the happen? Kitchen? Yeah. Okay, okay so... Uh, yeah, he gets in the shower and they decide to like culturally appropriate a sex ritual, of course. Yeah. <laughs> They're like putting red paint I over each was, other's I was, bodies. I wrote, what are these, raspberries? Oh, yeah. I wrote like smash raspberries. I wrote, okay, so now he's spreading uh, preserves onto her. <laughs> like she's a sandwich she didn't want to eat. <laughs> This scene started with a shot of a bathtub with water and mm-hmm. what appears to be blood mm-hmm. in it. And it reminded me the out of context bloody tub of the beginning of Ty's makeover scene in Clueless. Cause that also starts with red water flowing down the drain. And when I saw it at the movies in 94, everyone in the theater gasped. (laughs) It went, Ooh, like, Oh yeah, there's this big menstruation scene. in Clueless. (laughs) Oh, and this one you automatically think like murder, Yeah, but no, it's not that they're just very into this, whatever Mm -hmm. ritual it's dumb. Yeah, so we end that scene with the camera zooming in on the tub drain. And then we immediately pop into like a, a seeing a scuba diver. And this transition made me laugh out loud because it zooms from the drain into the scuba, di- scuba diver. And I literally thought we followed the pipes right under the sea. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> it took me a second to realize that we were in an aquarium. So we're at an aquarium and Kim Morrison, she works there. She is in the water. She's feeding turtles and little fish. She's about to leave work. She takes off her diving suit and the killer finds her in her little dressing room. And he like wails her all around the dressing room, right? Yeah. Again, dressed head to toe, like black leather. Yes. The helmet. helmet. We can't see who it is. He throws a net on her. They have a net there. And she the whole time was going, no, why? Don't do this to me. She said, go away. 
I was like, was that her voice? Like, she wasn't sure if she meant it. Yeah. She was like, go away, but don't. I'm in this net. Help me. <laughs> no, please. Why are you doing this to me? So he uh, he slices her good. He he get, hits her with that knife. And then uh, we see him with her head going back up the stairs into the uh, aquarium. Is that right? right? Mm-hmm. So uh, a woman who is looking at the turtle screams after she sees Kim's head fall into the tank. And this made me laugh, too, because the head just drops into the tank and this poor turtle was just minding his own business. <laughs> He got bonked on his head. Like I wrote in Me my notes. Both yeah. bonked. <laughs> we both, Corey and I were like, bonks the turtle. And then I wrote mad. And then I asked Scott, I asked, I looked over at Scott and I said, was that a real turtle? He's like, it was early 80s, Ashley, probably. Yeah, it was <laughs> definitely like, a real I was turtle. so mad. At the end, it said, some turtles were harmed while making this movie. One turtle was bonked in the making of this movie. <laughs> I, he didn't really care, though, because then no. after that, he went over to investigate, like, trying to eat the head. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It falls in, and he's like, hey, and then he's like, well, just a little nibble. <laughs> so then Judd and his partner, Taj, have a conversation about the killings, and, you know... Maybe there is something to this whole water thing. And it seems like they have a lot of fun at work. They do. So when they're going back and forth with uh, Taj and um, Judd, they're going back and forth with each other. Uh, At one point, (laughs) Judd says, do you ever take your job seriously? And I really resonated with that. (laughs) (laughs) I resonated with Taj when he's like, Judd says something to him like, uh, you're like, why are you like this? Or what did you do that for? And he's like, because I'm cute. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. It kind of made Taj cute. His little personality. I know. It did. He was a kind of a fun guy. Yeah. They're, they're sharing sandwiches. Taj is teaching Jed about Armenia. They're work husbands. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. So then Jed pays up a visit to Professor Millet and is surprised to see Eleanor, who explains that she is his research assistant. And he explains that his badge means he can bother anyone he wants to whenever he wants to. (laughs) (laughs) So she has to let him in, I guess. And the professor and Judd have a conversation about the killings that have been going on. And the professor tells Judd that only humans kill each other for fun. But I don't think that's true. If I had to guess, I'd say dolphins, chimps, and maybe hamsters do it too. (laughs) So he also asked him, like, was he ever involved with his students? And he's like, I made it a rule never to become emotionally Yeah, he put, like, big emphasis on emotionally. And I'm like, you ain't slick. (laughs) We all heard it. Yeah, and he tells them not to listen to young girls gossip because most of them are barely out of puberty. Uh, hey. Yeah, the guy, the girls that you're sleeping with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's Quit the point, sir. This ho- is our line of questioning. Yeah. Quit hooking up with them. Yeah. <laughs> and this is kind of where we start seeing um, Eleanor being insecure. Yeah, she's right. kind of creeping around and listening. Yeah. So Jed informs Millet that a second student of his has been killed and asks him if he has had any affairs with his pupils. And that's when they have that conversation. Annoyed by the question, Millet tells Judd to leave. And then Eleanor and Millet, Millet get into an argument. Yeah. yeah. And he says to her, jealous tantrum. Right. He's <laughs> such a gaslighter. This yeah. motherfucker. Big time. The more that we sit and talk about it, like, I didn't like him anyways, but now I'm like, ooh. <laughs> okay. So then Eleanor's feeling insecure. And then he says, should have known what to expect. Yeah. yeah he basically like, is like, yeah, well, 
I'm doing this. I'm the scorpion. Yeah. yeah. She tells him like, oh, that's how you were when you met me. I don't see any reason for you to have changed. And then after denying it, he, then he's like, well, you should have known what to expect it. So he's it's like that saying it. that's like how you get them is how you lose them. Yeah. You know? So after their argument, Eleanor goes to the diner again to be alone. The professor follows her. Uh, on his dirt bike. On his dirt bike. Rides like a little moped. City. No, it's a full dirt bike. Okay. Like a dirt bag team. <laughs> and uh she tells him that surprise she's three months pregnant and she is not planning to have an abortion he said what's the big deal ain't my first or my last (laughs) right (laughs) he's like somewhat sympathetic but then he tells her like that's why you've been acting crazy lately oh yeah wrong move dude mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he also still manages to flirt with carol I really the waitress think that was flirting i uh, thought he was just like this is okay. how she is right no, no 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 you think that he was gonna fuck carol no i agree with sarah no that wasn't that was too much he tells her like hard to say no to a beautiful woman like yeah. like in that moment but that- people say that kind of thing right to like older ladies yeah. and that kind of thing she That's wasn't how I old she was just wearing a her wig her wig made her look old <laughs> <laughs> Uh, to the elderly you know <laughs> and she could teach those college girls a thing or two about mm-hmm. lovemaking and she already told us yeah she's <laughs> like i've been given blowjobs for 50 years okay no <laughs> no diss to carol but yeah no in that moment that was definitely the wrong thing to do yeah <laughs> i guess i didn't see it to be the wrong thing to do maybe i'm a bad person but <laughs> i do agree with sarah i do agree with sarah because uh you can tell Carol just had that type of banter with people yeah. because right before the scene had started, she was talking to the construction workers and she was like, what do you guys want? What's on the menu? He's all get excited. She's all, that's not on the menu. Yeah, she and goes on like, the tables and basically like the special today is a gig bang. Yeah. And it was just like, Oh, yeah, that must that's be what like, she has to deal with every day. It's not like what she's hoping for. Yeah, so you don't, you're not saying she likes it. No, Sarah, we're the bad guys. <laughs> So uh, he tells her everything's going to be okay. He leaves. And Carol, who is awesome, she tells Eleanor, like, if you believe that bullshit, honey, you'll well, believe he anything. Says, I'm not going to let you down. Yeah. And she says, let's get married. And he says, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I got to go. It's going to be all right. Yeah. Carol's not buying it. Uh, amen. Yeah. Meanwhile, another student, Kathy, confides to Helene Griffith, like, who is the school headmistress or mm-hmm. whatever. That she has been having an affair with Professor Millet as well. Uh, Helene calls him a self-centered, ruthless man and said his teaching days are over. Helene tells Kathy she can sleep at her house and they can talk. Um, After the diner closed, Carol is left to clean up. Um, She's cleaning up and the power goes out and she heads to the basement to investigate. The killer appears. (laughs) Into the dark basement she goes, is that you, Gus? And I'm not sure that would be preferable, <laughs> right? That this creepy dude is down there in right. the dark. Yeah, the bus boy. Yeah. His name's Gary, right? Gary. Oh, I wrote okay. Gus. I thought oh. maybe that was the cut because there's another guy in the, that works there. Oh, yeah. It could be Gus. Okay. So the killer appears. He attacks her. She escapes. But then um, she's caught in the alley and killed. And this yeah. is the part where I was like, how did he get ahead of her? Yeah I, yeah, I wondered that, too. Yeah, it made no sense. That was, too, when we were like, why is she going down all these stairs in the back? They came in on the street. <laughs> I said, I, like I said, I don't know how they do things there. <laughs> so the next day, uh, a customer... I, I would like to say that this killer does more actual, like, slashing than any killer we've seen so far on the pod. Right. They don't just stab. You're going to get all sliced up, too. And we really get a demonstration on the quality of this blade. Yes. Right? He's cutting chairs. 
It's smashing mirrors, cutting down cake stands, and you can still do your decapitating. It's like those old infomercials where they're like, cut a rope, cut a can, and then slice <laughs> these tomatoes. So, and I said, where can I get it? How much is it? <laughs> so we can confirm this is not a boomerang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the next day, there's a couple of customers. I think they're the same creeps from earlier that were yeah, bothering yeah. Carol. There's a couple of bozos. Like, look like. Maybe truck drivers or something. I don't know. Shouldn't stereotype. Construction guys, maybe. <laughs> Construction, I think. Yeah. yeah. So they're uh, eating the stew. One they guy... show up to disturb the crime scene. <laughs> yeah. Right? They're like, what happened in here? <laughs> so one guy's eating the stew. He finds like a big clump of hair. Ooh. There's this big focus on this. A lot of focus on this big stock pot full of beef stew that the owner puts on the stove to heat up for them. And he serves them these couple of bowls of steaming hot morning stew or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, then that's when the one guy finds a big clump of hair in his. Yeah. So the restaurant owner, he goes to investigate and then he ends up discovering Carol's head in a water filled sink. So we have this pattern again. And then her body is later found in the dumpster. They really set you up to think that her head was in the pot. Right. Yeah. Like and they it's not. Sh- no, they show <laughs> it a lot. And, and there's the hair in the soup. And then he goes in there and he dumps it. And Jason was like, oh, oh, here it comes. Here it comes. <laughs> and then it wasn't in there. And they find it in the sink. Um, and I think the fake out with the stew is fun. And I like that they're basically like, yeah, the hair in the soup and the head in the sink are unrelated. <laughs> that is, this is that kind of place. And I'm like, call Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> so Jed and Taj go to Gary's house. Okay, the bus boy, since he's mm-hmm. now considered a prime suspect. So in his house, he has like photos of naked women posted all over the walls. And did you notice the hockey mask? Yes, he's got a Jason mask. So this is 81. Yeah. Didn't Friday the 13th come out in 1980? Uh-huh. So that had to be intentional. Yeah. There's uh, naked ladies all over the walls. Porno magazines stacked up everywhere. It's a real jerk palace. Yeah. Taj brings up Gary's prior arrest for indecent exposure, but Jed's not buying it. He doesn't think he was involved. He says, the kid's a peeping Tom. You ever know a flasher that committed a serious crime? Uh, excuse me. (laughs) I think sexual assault is kind of serious. Yeah. They're like, he's just a regular sex pest. Well, this is where they had to show that he went to Harvard and he (laughs) and Taj was just the regular cop because Judd was like, he's just a peeping Tom. Okay. This is where my education is going to come through. Um, Actually, the peeping Tom, I thought it was so funny. They said peeping Tom because that was like really common back then to say that. And when I was little, like, I didn't really understand what peeping Tom meant until I watched Back to the Future. Oh. And he was in the tree. Yeah. And they were like, peeping Tom. And, like, I just was like, oh. I think that peeping Tom, like, like peeping and flashing used to be more common. Uh-huh. Like, in <laughs> Gremlins. A big trend. Yeah. In Gremlins, uh, I think it's the second one with the flashing, the Gremlin flasher. Mm-hmm. My nephew thinks that when, I know, maybe it's in the first one. It's in the first one when they're in the bar. My nephew thinks that uh, he is pretending to be a bat when he opens his jacket. And that's why she gets scared. And we're like, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, you had to look out because somebody was looking or making you look like Mm -hmm. all the time in 1981. And I was born. And I said, let me see. (laughs) You were born of the spawn of the peeping Tom. Yeah. (laughs) And the flasher. Yeah. Proud of you. Mm, Thank you. So Judd goes to Professor Millet's home again. And he kind of snoops around in there. He sees some his and hers dirt bikes. That the, There's a picture of them enjoying their athletic activities. He finds a collection of skulls taken from tribal headhunters from around the world. 
And he has a conversation, a confrontation kind of with Eleanor. She doesn't see anything wrong with this. And she passionately defends decapitation <laughs> before he hits her with a gotcha moment and gets her to tell him about how throwing a head in water is cleansing. Yeah, she said that headhunters put the heads of their victims in water to purify them. And she's pretty much like, they've been doing this for thousands of years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then he's kind of like, hmm, interesting. My uh, big Harvard brain is firing up and putting the pieces together. (laughs) So back at Wendell, Helene tells Professor Millet to stop sleeping around with his students. Eleanor happens to burst into the room and overhears this. Professor Millet is big mad about it. He says to her, who do you think you are? And she says, oh, sorry, but I got to take care of these girls. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know you want to take care of them. Yeah, he says, uh, you're not interested in the girls' well-being. But he, like, kind of winked at her. Yeah. Like, yeah. hey, we both got it. We both are after the girls. Yeah. Like, Yeah, I was like, sir, you have no room to talk. Yeah, yeah I felt sorry for the girls at this school. Like, yeah. every adult is, like, predatory. Yeah. <laughs> So Judd and Taj tail Gary the perv to Administrator Helene's place where Gary peeps on Helene undressing Cassie the student. And I'm not sure I've ever seen this power dynamic of female college admin and sexy girl student in a regular movie before. <laughs> don't right? think so. <laughs> yeah, I was like, at first I was like, wow. And then I was like, no, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, it's it not great. And I'm. I was like, please don't let this lady be the killer. I know. <laughs> After hanging heart. I know. So Helena's killed when she gets up to answer the phone. Uh, it's a fun scene where the killer kind of tricks her by standing behind a door to catch her. Mm-hmm. And she almost gets away, but the killer pulls her back in the room. The door slams shut. The giant blade splinters through the door. And now I am like, please, somebody tell me where I can buy this knife. I... Immediately <laughs> thought of that. I wrote down. Uh, did anybody remember those commercials when you were a kid? The, like those knives that could cut through pennies. That's I what I was like, saying. Yeah, that's through the rope, yes. through the can, yeah, through a shoe. Um, I mean, it was filled with the same burning desire as the first time I saw the ShamWow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we got to get this knife, Sarah. I know. I bought my ShamWows at the fair. Next time I go, I'm gonna be like, show me the deta- decapitating knives. I want one. <laughs> So then Kathy is killed shortly after discovering Helene's head in the toilet. The head in the toilet is the worst one. So embarrassing. I would yeah. die a second time. Would you rather be in a stew? Yes. <laughs> yes. 100%. <laughs> yeah. So we've seen that same person in the motorcycle outfit. Who is it? Okay. So Judd is on his way to speak to Helene when he sees her body followed by the killer lunging at him like straight jumps right towards yeah it's him, like, like clearly a, a, a dummy stuffed with sawdust <laughs> like his legs are limp and it flies flies in and he catches it that was fun yeah so taj is outside he's arresting gary and Jen's like no yeah, he's idiot. like we did it <laughs> he's like you didn't go to harvard you got the wrong guy <laughs> only a harvard guy would know <laughs> Uh, Judd chases the killer to Professor Millet's apartment. Inside, the killer removes their helmet, and it is revealed to be... Eleanor! Eleanor. (laughs) Yes, she confesses to her boyfriend and justifies the crimes by comparing them to tribal rituals he teaches in his course. So, of course, it's okay. Let me say, this is the logical conclusion of what happens when white women culture vulture. Okay, it starts with spirit animals and ends with ritual killings. Yeah. Also, is the baby okay? She went down those stairs. Like, like, 
Baby's fine. Baby's fine. Yeah. She it's the 80s. Leaped. Yeah. She said, I did it for us, Vincent. We finally learned his first name. Yeah. Uh, and our baby. I had to do it, Vincent. All those women you lusted after. The family's sacred. You and me, and now the baby. And any threat to that sanctity, I must strike down. I did it because I love you. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, her he, anger is so misdirected. Well, he did let her keep it. <laughs> yeah. Because when they were in the diner, when she told him, she was like, you're going to let me keep the baby? Oh, yeah. Almost like, oh, hell no. Like, <laughs> girl, you do what you want. Yeah. She, he says she must be completely insane, but she counters that she's just performing a ritual that's been around for thousands of years. Um, so then the police arrive, and we see a little, like, argument. Like, she's like, you know they're going to get me. He tries to stop her. And then we see the police arrive, and the helmeted rider flees on the motorcycle. She's like, if they catch me, they'll put me in prison and my baby. Yeah. And my baby will do hard time, too. <laughs> Can we go back, like, five seconds? Yes. Yeah. Just when uh, it was revealed that it was her and, like, the reason. Like, his face. What's his name again? Professor Millet. Pro- him. Vincent. He, Vincent. Oh, <laughs> Vincent. Um, when she was telling him all this... It just was zeroed in, like, on his face, and he was very accepting of this. Yeah. Like, it was, like, the most progressive thing well, that he could have done. He was, like... Old hat for him. He knows people do this kind of he thing. Was like, he's fine with it. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. He says... <laughs> he did this. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. He's like, as long as it's not me. Yeah. <laughs> so then there's the chase with Judd and Taj, and the writer is struck by a car and killed... And then it's revealed He's to actually... He's not struck by a car so much as he slams his dirt bike into the side of the cop car. <laughs> and I was like, what's the point of a city dirt bike if you're not going to jump cop cars? <laughs> like yeah. right over the top. I know, evil Knievel, right? Yeah. Like, what a waste. So it's revealed to be Millet underneath. And he's dead. And we know this because his eyes are crossed completely <laughs> when they pull the helmet off. And Judd was so disappointed. Yeah. He was like... Oh. Like, so mad it was him. Like, didn't even care if another body was dead. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Eleanor, then uh, we see a scene later. She attends his funeral. Well, Taj basically says case closed. Yeah. Right. Um, The police believe the case has been solved, although it's implied that Judd suspects Eleanor Mm -hmm. was actually the killer. He asks her, is the ceremony over? And she replies, yes. Um, He gets into his car. He says, I hope so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's the only person at his funeral. Because all of their <laughs> girlfriends are dead. Yeah. And she walks away before it's even over. Over. And the priest is there just like, okay. like <laughs> Guess I'll keep going. Yeah. I got paid for the hour. She's like, I'm out of here. Those girls had interesting lives that he hooked up with. Like, they could have had, like, a banger at the funeral. Like, yeah. party. Just want to clarify what I meant by banger. <laughs> Rager. <laughs> okay. So... Uh, yeah, I guess in the end, she did end up getting the professor, too, because she got him to take the fall for it. Mm-hmm. I was like, you can't just be killing these ladies. Like, kill him. That's your man, right? Yeah, it was all back to him. Yeah. However, the case is closed. So then we're back at the precinct, and Judd is seemingly tortured by the case. You know, he's thinking, he's got his head in his hands. He leaves, he gets in his car into the parking garage, out of the back seat, we see the killer, the motorcycle helmet, the jacket, everything. He pops up and he starts strangling Judd. They struggle for a minute before the killer reveals himself to be his hilarious partner, Taj. (laughs) Taj says, so who'd you expect? The headhunter? Ha ha ha. And like, they have a good laugh because Taj is such a cut up. They're still having fun. Yeah. It's like. 
being partners with George Clooney. Like, at he, any moment, there could be a prank. He was just trying to get that cigarette out of Judd's mouth. He was like, let me give you a little, a little wrap around the neck. Shake. Yeah, don't do that, Judd. It seems like a really dangerous prank, though. Yeah. Right? Because he he's like, who'd you expect, the headhunter? And he's like, yeah, because yeah, we let her get away. Yeah. Hey, at least like Judd didn't like reach for his gun. Like this is pretty good That's, for a cop. Like he didn't, like, he didn't reach for it immediately when the killer. Sure, like it's still out there. Well, he's like a lady with a baby. Can't just shoot her. Baby's innocent. Yeah. So that's so, the end of the movie. So our killer is not caught. Not caught. She lives to kill again. Yeah. Maybe. Possibly. At, at day yeah. school. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel day school. Uh, yeah. Yep. 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 So I read that the, in the UK, this movie was called Terrorize, so alternate title. And it got a spot actually on the notorious video nasty list, which that was like a British term applied to a bunch of films distributed on uh, like VCR that were criticized for their violent content and like sometimes banned or censored. And um, this one actually one minute and 16 seconds of gore were cut from the film. And I wonder if we saw the censored version because I'm like, really hmm. yeah there wasn't a lot of gore and even when they would show like a slashing mm-hmm. you wouldn't see any like contact with the blade and skin you would just see like a cut or like a splash of ketchup like yeah across the neck. like when he got carol yeah it was like they really emphasized the three like hacking to her neck yeah. but like there was no gash it no was gash. just like mm-hmm. somebody had some french's ketchup rolling yeah Get her. <laughs> yeah 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 i agree it, there wasn't really a lot of gore mm. no yeah the worst part was the hair in the soup. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had cut that. That Honestly, got that me. I was like, sick. yeah, I was like, I was eating too. Like, like <laughs> a snack. It's <laughs> like, oh, I, I was eating. I was like. After, mm. okay. So uh, after the hitcher, I was totally expecting like a body part in the stew. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I know. It, I was, I thought an eyeball was going to pop up. They really did like set up that scene in the diner mm-hmm. to where like it mm-hmm. was going to come out from somewhere but the sink because mm-hmm. even the cabbage rolling out of the bag yeah, it was like melons or something yeah. kind of head shaped yeah. yeah yeah i like that that was that was pretty i liked tense. it too it was a it was a good scene you mm-hmm. were set up for that because mm-hmm. you're already like low expectations yeah right so you're like of course it's in the soup pot and then it wasn't it would have been a whole lot cooler if it was mm-hmm. i think that's pretty gross <laughs> like that okay so should we do our ratings um well let's kind of talk about final thoughts on the movie okay right it's a pretty straightforward movie Mm -hmm. not a lot to criticize or dunk on uh i liked it i thought it was pretty fun you know i liked every apartment that we were in (laughs) Uh, the movie doesn't seem to take itself that seriously but the characters in the movie were serious about it if that makes sense you know um because a head in the toilet is funny the decapitation with assist from playground equipment is funny, but everybody's like, Oh my God. Right. Like you would in real life. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> also like the two main characters, like the really main characters, the two cops, really, mm-hmm. um, they were likable. Yeah, so yeah, that so was too. fun to watch that, like this cute dynamic between them two and not just hate one of them the whole time. Cause yeah. I usually get caught up on that. Like that person sucks. I hate them. Yeah. Even when they tried to good cop, bad cop, they were uh, both like kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I did notice that, like, right from the beginning, a lot of the kills seemed to be interrupting and intruding on everyone's plans to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Judd's special lady friend at the beginning had plans for a whole like sensual experience oh, and I then not- we never saw her again. Yeah, I noticed we never see her again. Like not even at the end, like she doesn't even like accompany yeah. him to like Well it wasn't an I Street. Yeah. It wasn't in the plans for the weekend. <laughs> no. I just pictured this poor lady sitting there with all this cereal, right? Like she starts out horny and then like as the time goes by, she's like, Well, okay. So yeah, and then like uh, we interrupt uh the those ladies that were about to make some bad decisions the admin and the student you know i don't mm-hmm. think it necessarily means anything except for that a lot of these people are horny i like that that's when you're distracted yeah can we go back to like how uncomfortable kathy was with um the head oh yeah yeah she was so uncomfortable Wait, was it griffin uh, she was so uncomfortable in that bed with her. Yeah. I, like I was like, this seems worse than the head in the toilet. Like, oh, totally. I was like, I was like Kathy, did you ner- learn nothing with your relationship Thank from you. another teacher? Thank you. <laughs> she just went higher up the ladder. <laughs> I know. Like, she on, was like, is that okay? And Kathy was like, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I want a victim blame. She's like, let me punish you because you didn't listen about Millet. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm supposed to confide in you. <laughs> like, I know. I don't want to go to that night school. No. I do not. Did you know it's it's established, it, when it was established, it was 1881 and the movie was 1981. So it's like, like they put no thought into it at all. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> this is 100 years difference. Nothing has changed. Everybody's terrible at this school. <laughs> yeah. Don't come here. Like, don't yes, come here. Absolutely. Okay, so our rating, there was no Malton Movie Guide entry for this. But Variety called it a low-budget exercise in terror, offering very little diversion or novelty for fans of the already gutted psychotic slasher genre. What do you guys think about that? Um, I don't know. I feel like that's a little harsh. I thought so, too. (laughs) Yeah, I had fun. I had fun, too. I mean, yeah. Once I adjusted my (laughs) expectations. Yeah. Because at first I was like... Based on the title alone. Yeah. yeah. I thought it would there would be more spandex. And so once I adjusted that... Well, you were probably yeah. like thinking like, oh, this is good because this is Ashley's pick. And we were thinking like, this is going to be trash. Let's yeah. just watch something. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't think it was going to be good because it was Ashley's pick. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let Ashley pick enough movies. I uh, can <laughs> confirm I choose only trash. <laughs> I'm not a trash hero, but <laughs> I did choose the Aqua Daddy movie though on Netflix and yeah, I think that that was the worst one that we watched. So it I has have to to be because one day um Sarah and I watched like six horror movies and I think we topped the night with that one, uh Sea Daddy and I uh-huh. was like no one knows okay, what this, this movie's actually called. Okay, I forget sorry. what it's called, but it was like a big sensation on Netflix for a minute. It was like this it was like a erotic movie. ocean yeah. ocean thriller or whatever. No. Yeah, and I picked it, and then I had to apologize for it. <laughs> so <clears throat> uh, I thought it was pretty good once I, I kind of adjusted that it wasn't going to be like a fun kind of goofy 80s movie. I gave it a 6 out of 10. Okay. Uh... I think I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. Okay, okay, okay. Um, I gave it a 7. All right, so we all kind of fall in on the same. What's a 10 for you? Halloween. Halloween? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. I'm just wondering. Like, in the first episode, we kind of talked about, like, a 10 for me. I, I think I have... Casablanca and Tammy and the T-Rex the same in my letterbox. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I enjoy them both the same. Yeah. 
So, you know. See, when uh, we had gone into watching it, when we had watched it years ago, I was like, this movie's going to be terrible. And then at the end, I fet like we thought it was like a six or seven, but that's still good, yeah, I think. Good. No, so, yeah. yeah. But then, like, when I had watched the first watch um, last week, or whatever, Monday or something, I don't know, um, I watched it, and I was like, oh, I do like this. Yeah. It's good. It's pretty good. I feel like maybe the rewatch is not as strong for me because you know who the killer is. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, but which I really like that aspect of it. So I don't feel like I should judge it. Harshly Can I make a confession that. about the killer? Go the yeah. first, this is the first time I have watched this movie. These couple of viewings for this. The first time that I watched it, I didn't know who the killer was. Cause no. I forgot about her. <laughs> we, we didn't know. I don't think, I think we were surprised when she, takes off that the helmet. second time i watched it i was like literally every clue is there i, I remembered <laughs> yeah. and i don't know how i remembered because like i'm so notorious for falling asleep like so i was just sure. like i was shocked that i remember because it had been years since we had watched it together so mm-hmm. Corey and i so i was like oh but yeah when she finally took the helmet off i said <gasps> and then i was like oh yeah yeah i see that <laughs> you're like boo ah! yeah <laughs> It's She's a good me. scene when she takes the helmet off. Yeah. I know. It her is hair, a good one. Yeah. Her beautiful hair Oh, her hair, hair looks so out. good in that scene. <laughs> I, I noticed it. Mm-hmm. I give it a seven because just like that, the, it started out strong. I love the merry-go-round scene. I loved it. I love how strong yeah. it started. You and When you watched it, you texted us. Is that your favorite scene. killer? I mean, favorite um, kill. <laughs> Grosses would have to be the head in the toilet just because it's like it's so obvious when she walked up what it was but she was still like uh, what is it <laughs> but it's just like okay there's a fucking like oh it. helene went to answer the toilet or answer the phone and then take a massive dump yeah it's like <laughs> you know what? she left the toilet overflowing and she and, and she had soup from the diner because there's all this hair hanging out and she had just waken up so i was like i'll give her that but i think that was my favorite kill just because it was just like it looked way darker than it was yeah. like it felt like it was midnight also why was she still on there and it was just the merry round was just so fun as a child so it's yeah. just just being tortured on it was just kind of fun like, yeah what was your favorite kill Corey? i didn't think of that um probably she's all bonked on the head <laughs> i chose the aquarium i think the aquarium. the aquarium i thought it was so funny i thought that the net was funny and i did think that all her like no please stop i thought that was really funny too i don't know i feel like none of the kills really stand out for me because they didn't actually show yeah you know yeah well where was your favorite head location (laughs) yeah (laughs) probably merry-go-round merry-go-round you like merry-go-round head Mm -hmm. yeah ashley likes merry-go-round head (laughs) i like aquarium head Let's go find a merry-go-round. I just felt bad for that turtle. Sarah told <laughs> me a story once about her friend on the merry-go-round. That's what I said at the beginning. Oh my God, we, just, all, we both know this person okay, that I I'm saw almost just, die on a merry-go-round. I'm just remembering it. And I remember I laughed so hard when he I'll told me that. I'll never forget the vision of his body like flying out. <laughs> from, he's a tall guy. Yeah. Like that's not like Centrif- a... Centrifugal. Is that the way you pronounce it? Force. You can... Yes. pronounce it how okay. you like and uh <laughs> yeah he was just straight out his body was just straight out from physics and i the look on his face i'll never forget it so oh funny gosh. i think about it all the time it's a just rush up. jumping off a merry-go-round and jumping off a swing it's a rush and oh, i yeah. felt the rush when i watched it in the movie <laughs> i was all wee <laughs> so it takes me back yeah. <laughs> all right all right, Sarah, now you get to reveal to us what is our next episode. This is your choice. I scrolled and scrolled the list. Yes. 
you know, looking, looking and, and Googling and trying to figure out what I wanted. I didn't want to choose something too, too mainstream. I didn't want to choose something too difficult. I didn't want to choose the New York Ripper because I want it to just happen when it happens. Goldilocks it. Yes. <laughs> so I ended up choosing the movie that was actually the very first movie on the list. 1983's 10 to Midnight starring Charles Brunson. <gasps> Have you seen it? No. Mm-mm. Is that a slasher movie? It says it is. It's it on the list, Corey. Yeah, yeah it is. I, I remember that. The little yeah. bit of like kind of looking into it, people say that it is a slasher. Uh, it looks pretty sleazy, and that's one of my favorite types of, of movies is sleaze. Uh, apparently, it's got a lot of male full frontal. <laughs> so we know you're in. <laughs> After yeah. last episode. Yeah. I was like, we talk about how there is a, 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 it's not balanced, right? So let's balance it out a little bit. Let's watch this dong movie, I guess. Uh, as of the time of recording, it's pretty widely available to rent. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to watching it. Well, I hope you guys have me back. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for coming on. This was a thank lot you. of fun. Yeah. Very fun recording session. For all the four listeners, if it, we only got two after this, and I'll, I'm, I will not come back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know how it goes. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's our movie, and we're looking forward to watching our next one. Bye. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on Gag Me With A Chainsaw with your hosts, Corey and Sarah. Music by White Bat Audio. Find us on Twitter at Chainsaw Podcast and on Instagram at Gag Me With A Chainsaw. Until next time, unpleasant dreams. You make me want to lead the one I'm with. Start a new relationship with you. This is what you do. Think about it, it up. I don't know why that came into my head. You make me. That's how uh, Professor Millet is like, you make me want to lead the one I'm with. He's a big asher head. Is that I love her, but I'm falling for you. What should I do? Should I? Tell my baby bye-bye. Should I do exactly what I feel inside? Cause I don't want to go. I don't need to stay. But I really need to get it together. Okay. I don't know if you could tell. I was just the open shirt. No, I could tell. Okay, I was just the open shirt. No lyrics. All right. You ready? Everybody ready? Mm-hmm.